episode 158 of tactical crouch kick tripod here with yiska and volamel uh talking about the things and the stuff during the time so sup <laughs> hey guys uh big thanks to everybody who's hanging out today uh joining us on youtube youtube.com slash tactical crouch is where you can find the live shows on wednesdays and other than that, we I think we're going to like get started right away. And to do that, a uh, big thank you to our patron producers, Refine Bean, Ferdino Pin, Battlecrab, Lotion, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kosh67, Sharp, Picasso, Nathan, Misery, Hunter, Tain, Fable, Steven, Roger, B, Owen, Chris, R34444, or Bjorn, I listen to this podcast with something toilet in the shower, thinking of Yiska, Peace Camper, Anxiety, Pokemon, Sir Girthalot, bon, Bronzebot, Boohow, Evan, and Alex S. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you like the show, go to patreon.com. Slash tactical crouch, uh, and you can sign up there. Otherwise, you can also become a member at our brand new, well, not a brand new YouTube channel, but we set up memberships this past week. So, uh, since you can no longer really, I mean, you can still sub to twitch.tv slash kick tripod. And, um, I, I basically know who the viewers are there who are supporting the show because <laughs> it's most of them. So that still goes into the same bank. So you can still go there. You're like, John, I have a Twitch Prime sub and I, I still want to support the show, but I don't like get the free YouTube sub or whatever. You can still do that. Um, you know, put it in the notes if you want to make sure that'd be like for TCP. And that way we make sure it goes into the right bucket. Otherwise, though, you could support right here at youtube.com slash kick tripod. We've got two dollar, five dollar, and ten dollar memberships, whatever that means. Uh so for as little as two dollars a month, you too can adopt a Yiska beard. That's how it so is. I'm you know what? What actually happens today? I, I gave up, guys. It's over. You lost. I'm not, I lost. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fight the gray anymore. It's just coming. It's time. It's time to stop. Why stop fight? To, Life. You're not gonna yeah. win. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not anymore. Well, you it's were fighting so it before. Yeah, like you know, I had like five in my face, Come but on. now it's like the fact that you like know like how many you have. Yeah, yes, I don't know how many I can tell you this but... right now. A mm -hmm. little bit of gray is hot. Really? It's very attractive. And any any person with class will tell you that. Ladies? Hello? I'm I'm going to be one of those guys though that will have a gray beard but no gray hair. I have like literally one gray hair. Probably that's here. probably hotter. I can really? I can verify with Katie, but <laughs> Probably more attractive, yeah. Please, please ask your wife what, what is attractive about me. <laughs> I mean, she obviously knows because... <laughs> True. Right? Yep. Uh, anyways. Yeah, you'd be, it'd be great. You'd be like... I mean, you must be doing something, right? You're the only one with a wife, so... True. Yeah, yep. I mean, facts are facts. And she's a keeper. She is. We're gonna do a. I think we're gonna do a podcast together in the next year. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh, oh, are you gonna do? I mean, I, I shouldn't like spoil the thesis, you know. But yeah, is it well, the so thing? one of our ideas is John and Katie ruin everything. Yeah, 
where we literally just take because because we have this we have this serial problem that um, we we there outside of a few things we seek to understand a wide variety of topics at like a mm-hmm. very kind of surface level more than surface level so more than just like oh yeah i've heard of robert downey jr but at the same time not to the level of like dream where he's like he can tell you the color of the pocket square that he wore in this movie uh at this timestamp. like it's you know we're kind of like or like and think of that put that in the scope of like marvel lore or star wars lore so you have two people who uh know just enough to talk about it but not enough to like actually like be you know any sort of authority in it basically what i do for this show and uh we we're gonna we want to do a podcast about that just choose a new topic every week it might be like oh yeah yeah be fun it's definitely designed to be more of like a like a funny show than like come learn about science that's not i mean you still can kind of like learn like different interesting topics with like your surrogate mom and dad and then by the end of the year you you know you can have like a nice little recap like look at all the things we learned isn't that cool and we had fun doing it yeah it's gonna it's cool it's gonna be fun um and then i I think there might be a i might do like a little personal content creator show as well Uh, that we're we're kicking off the brand stuff so anyways What did we talk about for like 30 minutes last week at the front of the show that probably pissed a lot of people uh, off? Uh, I don't know. Was it WoW? It was WoW. Um, was it? Yeah. It was. I got screwed on my vault again so badly. I've it's had two good vaults in incredible. a row and I didn't run any Mythic Plus this week. Just raid gear. Just 216 and 220 <laughs> raid gear. Oh, I wish. And I got... I got big... Like, you know, like when you have a, um, oh, I was almost going to say the German word for, when, when you got a tune or like a second character, What's how would you German say that? the German word for tune? Alt. I'm not sure if I can say that on broadcast. <laughs> oh, is it what I think it is? <laughs> yeah. Do, is that kosher? <laughs> I'm not sure how bad that word is. Uh, I don't think it's bad. I mean, you so, can, I think it's probably fine to just censor it. Just like, okay. not say it, but I'm pretty sure it's right. fine. Right. Oh, I want to know. Uh, should I type it in chat no, and you, you tell me if I can it. say it? I'll, 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 you type, just it, I'll it. type it. You can t- no, no, Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Fuck shit balls. All right. Yeah, now we're it, good. That's the, that's the word. Yeah. I think that's fine. <laughs> Is it fine, John? You're, you're... The, the name for alternative tools and uh, tunes in German is fuck? No. What? So, I don't know why, <laughs> but in, in German, an alt is uh is called a twink oh yeah. okay yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah which obviously has other connotations depending you know on uh other things got it Nuki thank says you it too. yeah like, thank you it's well, just normal in german so it used to be uh. for in english that word used to mean that you would you used to be able to stop your character at a breakpoint, so level 19 29 39 59 yeah. and then you would get your best gear that you possibly could and you'd go in like pvp or do whatever else you'd like mm, stop the okay. character leveling that was also the word so uh anyways not monetizing this episode um <laughs> and it's not yiska's fault he was super in tune to it i i wanted to know <laughs> yeah no but so you know when you have one yeah, and you just leveled it to sixty or a while ago, 
And then mm -hmm. three vaults in, in a row. The one epic gear that you have is exactly the slot where you get the vault stuff on. I got back to back to back um, necklaces. Press. I, I love it. I love it. It's just so bad. It's great for transmog too. It's true. Yes. Collect all those necklace appearances. Yep. Very good. Got to do it. Uh, well, we're, that's that's all the while we're going to talk about this week, except that we're five out of ten heroic. Um, and by the way, just so that I remember these, I want to see where these come in, but I do want to thank Grow Roots and Pork Chop Sammy coming in uh, for Croucher's Pork Chop Sammy coming in as a significant Croucher at the uh, oh, the ten dollar <laughs> the ten dollar price. Point. Did you put to, that in, or is yeah, that? Yeah, I put that in there. I didn't know what to like. What, like, what do we name the ten dollar one? We call it a, a significant, significant croucher. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, I have my moments. Um, does it show up in viewer activity yet? Or no, 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 it does not. Oh, uh, but it does, it does, Look at our members. it does show up in my stream lab. Oh, you guys so have like a time bar. That's kind of like, you, 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 you stay up there. You want to hear okay. another like ridiculous story that I can't believe I agree to. So yeah, you probably have a lot of them. As soon as my, as we are able again, and as soon as they are allowed again, my group mm -hmm. of friends wants to do an obstacle race again. And just in my... I, of course, directly said yes. And in my curiosity, I went like, ah, let's see how, how fast you are. It took me an hour to run six kilometers, dude. Six kilometers is six kilometers in miles. Uh, 3.7 miles. <laughs> Almost an hour, 55 minutes. Wow. <laughs> I'm so screwed. Like, it's going to be 12 kilometers, but obstacle runs. And if you don't manage to do a, um, like a, an obstacle, you got to do 15 burpees as well. <laughs> it's going to be hell. Burpees. So, you're going you're gonna to vomit. Yes. Yes. When, that's, <laughs> yeah, I'd start, I'd start like training now because yeah, yeah, you've I'm got a that. ways to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's such, the thing is, now it's self-preservation, you know? Now I feel like I have to do it unless I want to drown in one of the obstacles. <laughs> like, have you ever I done, mean, I, I guess, have to yeah. show up there to, to do it. Yeah. Have you ever done a man-maker? What's that? So a man-maker is like a modified burpee where you have two dumbbells, usually heavier, like 35 um, or 50 pounds. And so you go down, you go down to do like your normal burpee and push up, but mm. you do a row on the left side, a row on the right side with, with that, do the push up, get yourself back up like the burpee and then press the dumbbells overhead. Yeah. Man makers. I, I would, I would fracture my skull after the first one. Falling unconscious yeah, and getting the dumbbell on my on my head. Grab like, a, I grab a couple like two and a half pounders. I remember like we did one in 2015, and we jumped off like a plateau. It was like five meters tall, I would say, um, and into like water. And it was like some. It's hard to say. Like it's just some hole in the ground, pretty much, and they filled it up with water. And the guy that jumped in front of us just went like, oh, very believably, too. 
oh, I thought it would be colder. And we were like, oh, it's not that cold then. <laughs> I hit the water, dude. And I vividly remember looking up, eyes open, like maybe two, two meters under the surface going, you will fall unconscious. You remember that there's a diver there to pick you up. So you're just going to do it, make it easy for him. He's going to catch you, but you're definitely passing out. And then I got out and that, that's like top five euphoria moments by myself. I got out euphoria moments after I got out. I felt like I could run like incredibly like the, the, uh, adrenaline and endorphin shot I got there is un unreal. Like, and then I had to carry a friend who's like, "How much pounds would that be?" Chat. How much? How many pounds is uh, one hundred ten kil kilograms? Someone do the conversion. And I had to carry him over uh, like two hundred thirty like pounds. Two hundred thirty pounds like 2 over two. Yeah, like right about so. 230 pounds, around about 240 over like a 400 meter um, distance. And after that, my euphoria was completely gone again. <laughs> like, that was a complete rebound. But yeah, I, it gave me a lot. So I recommend them as well. They're like fun things to work towards. Cool. All right. Should we talk about Overwatch? Let's go. Let's talk about Let's Overwatch. Uh, the big thing is that we do have the. Um, official Overwatch League 2021 format, um, which uh, was accompanied by some uh, pretty exclusive content with um, Harry Iska over here. And is that Her is that what it is, Mister Iska? Her yeah, yeah, very good. I remember that from very Indiana nice. Jones. Um, <laughs> The, the uh anyways um that would great piece of content by the way you should definitely go check it out is it on your youtube or is it on gg recons um we actually didn't do a youtube vi uh, oh, video you but YouTube we video. didn't I yeah i know like do it's the video i thought i saw the screen yeah um we we did a video of uh of the summary of the, the things and then they put out a video themselves um but yeah, I got got to ask a couple of questions. I think there was also some additional value in there. So check that out on GG Recon in terms of um, the reasoning and the other type of stuff they're looking at. I also asked about second order um, operational stuff, such as what about hero pools? What about uh, rewards for tournaments? And the answer was basically that they don't know yet. So, um, at which is, of course, like you got to adapt it towards the schedule that you have in the system and that needs to be set up first, right? So, right. Um, all in all, like the changes, I think overall really positive. I uh, wrote an article about one particular change that I think is transformative towards how the season is currently uh, being handled. And yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of what they're doing at the moment. Well, let's let's talk through these changes in together on this show, and um, and we'll uh, we'll we'll kind of uh, see if we disagree. Uh, so uh, we will be broken up into two um, groups based on their location, east and west. The east group is uh, 
the the uh, typical suspects uh Chengdu, Guangzhou, Hangzhou, Shanghai and Seoul but has been added with the LA Valiant which I think is probably one of the most surprising ones, the Philadelphia Fusion and the New York Excelsior. On the flip side um the the west side is i think exactly as you would expect it to be um but just emphasis london spitfire very much in the west now and uh the vancouver titans very much in the west as well two teams that historically have kind of florida with those uh division lines i guess I think if i'm looking at that right there's no other surprises here um so uh, eight, eight on one side, 12 on the other. We kind of expected things to be a little lopsided. They're lopsided again. Um, and that, I think, is, is okay. So that's, that's broken up there. Any comments on the groups at all? Um, Not really, other than no? obviously the, the weird surprise of Valiant being in Asia. But yeah. yeah. No, like I think it's it's overall po positive that we have uh, symmetric uh, groups once again. I think it was always a little awkward the things they had to do in order to um, get proper brackets. Do you think even. it has anything to do? With uh, sorry, the new... uh, even. Yeah. Do you think it has anything to do with the new Valiant ownership? I mean, <clears throat> okay, so the the ownership thing, I I don't think that's at all cleared. I'm actually myself not sure what's go going on there. Um, but it's it's with the new location of it, right? And devoid of all other emotions I might have around that topic, I think if people cut their heart out and look at the business decision, then I think the um, the spot in terms of like going to China and trying to build a brand there is probably going to be the more lucrative uh, in the long term, um, like. LA is already saturated with two, uh, with another team as well. Um, it's it, the Asian broadcast numbers are overall uh, very respectable, and um, there's still an audience there that can be captured uh, through like <laughs> mainland China is large. If you don't know, so there's a lot of locations to cover. So I, I think in that from that perspective, it just makes sense towards the financial success of the league. Of course, everything that comes with that baggage is just not that good. Not good at all. Not good at all. But Sorry, I had, to I had to fix the the stream a little bit. Uh yeah. It's um yeah, what else do we have here then? Uh let's talk about Hawaii. Hmm. Um, what? so in, in the, in the post, uh, it says we're exploring a few different options to facilitate this global competition. Well, actually, we should probably talk about the format first, right? Uh, the format is very similar to, uh, the second half of last year where you have two, um, seating, uh, two, both, both divisions are simultaneously seating and then tournament, and then there's a bye, and then another seeding tournament bye. We're going to have four of those before we get into a grand bracket final season conclusion type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the 
tournament seating, as I understand it, is based on the different groups. So the East group and the West group. Uh, but the tournament itself is is yeah. going to be interdivisional, correct? Yes. And that's that's a surprise, a curveball that I actually threw out the conceptions of um, how they wanted to do that season, I've not seen uh, frequently brought up in discussion. So this was this also came a little bit out of left field for me. Um, logistically, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like if you want to have an international tournaments, which you might want to, because you look at the um, the data that was derived from the last season. So I think. If if the Western audience average was, I believe, 45k according to East Charts, I think some of the main melees, the the like the tournaments had between 20 uh, percent, and then I think the peak was like 62k average over the weekend. So that's significantly higher already than the regular season. But the biggest thing, of course, and of course, a lot of the share there is the excitement of the playoffs, but the international competition. Where the playoffs were at 92k average uh, on YouTube, so um, I think a lot of it it is the overlapping nature of the competition. I think it is exciting to have like a separation and then see them come together with their meta interpretations and see who actually got it right. I would have loved to see way more confrontations of the Sombra meta, uh, Sombra tracer uh, divergence that we saw between the regions and who got it right in that case. Um, and if you want to do that, if you have located that international tournaments are the best thing, then you got to find solutions in a COVID world where travel is not that feasible. And the argument is you don't need an additional visa for, um, as a North American team for, um, the, for Hawaii. The ping is within the 90, um, 90 ms range maybe a little bit more maybe a little bit less depending on uh, who you're playing against or no like depending on how it goes that day i suppose and then it connects to the tokyo server and from tokyo it then disseminates um like into the different connections wherever you would want to um to play the the teams so in that regard i think um it's it's quite exciting to to be able to do that of course, there are large questions about this. Like, what do the European teams do? I don't know. Um, <laughs> LOL, European tournaments and or European teams and tournaments. Yeah. LOL. <laughs> Good joke. I mean, it's not. It's nobody's fault, really, because again, it's a it's a logistical nightmare to try and figure this stuff out, um, and it just feels like they're getting shafted again. Um, it's just unfortunate because. Like you, they've already kind of planted their feet at home. You can't then just ask them to pick up ground and move to NA again. Is that even necessarily safe at the, you know, with the current landscape of things? Um, it's just bizarre, kind of a, a weird world, which also sucks because, you know, at least one of the big narratives that, that was kind of interesting coming into the season was looking at these teams who are going, you know, um, I guess let's not mince words. They're they're you know building within their means, to put it nicely. Um, and what could they do with that? What what really can be done when when looking at a system? So the term is Moneyball. You if sure I'm 
sure. They're money balling it. Maybe. <laughs> Who is money balling it? Sorry. I don't know. I just, uh, we're, he made a, a, a funny <clears throat> comment about like, to put it nicely, they're, you know, going budget conscious or whatever. It's like, oh, uh, hey, yeah. no, no, we call that, we call that playing money ball. Oh, yeah. right. Right. Still yeah. at least one way to spin it, I suppose. That's one of the things that I really love that it went away somehow. I ask. It just, everybody's yeah. money ball. Not as long as I'm here. It will always be present. It'd be nice if a team genuinely tried that, though. It'd be kind of fun. I think I to a really large degree, like, <sighs> uh, aspects of Moneyball were in the creation of last, uh, last year's Valiant, in terms of, like, they had, uh, I think, 1,150 or so uh, applications. Like, they, yes, they are madmen, and they actually read all of the um, sure. applications in terms of the answers to the questions but sifting through the data eventually once Gunba came in was done by uh, by their data uh, analysis okay. so it was, there was the endeavor of that dude like the the logistical effort in order to get that stuff done is likely unprecedented in esports because you had to have what one person recording every single player and lo like logistically handle all the data to be sent to one location in order for the tool to do its work. So every time, every scrim, and I, I believe uh, Packin told me four scrims were running at the same time, they had to have 12 recordings. Now it, that's that's 48 recordings happening at the same time, having to be somehow um, managed. Just imagine the data masses that uh, you required and stuff. Oh, so, on. yeah, like, I think that truly deserves the, the uh, wording of Moneyball. And then whatever Baroi did in terms of sifting through, uh, like, large parts of... Um, at least in season one. Well. Or not season one, but the season one of the Defiant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if so, that was... That had anything to do with stats, or if that was just his his eye test, but yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we can see that again because I think you maybe you could after the season with the IBM deal. I'm I'm interested to see what happens with that, but we'll get to that, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think other than that, um, we've been working closely with YouTube on several initiatives, um. A viewership rewards program improve the discoverability of live overwatch content uh new improved virtual sets redesigned graphics package um and changes to the show format digital fan experiences um uh spoiler free modes on overwatchleague.com uh, integrations with their new partner IBM um and uh, we've got some offs, uh, some off-season events coming up as well, which uh, one of them is the Kanazaka Community Tournament. Um, we also have the Nexus Cup coming up as well. So a lot going on. I mean, we have like three months still until the Overwatch League actually starts, which 
means yeah. that we're probably getting pretty close to power rankings. It's true. Need to start cracking mine out. I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like, oh boy, it's getting close. Need to start putting pen to paper. Um, but yeah, so lots going on here overall though. I mean, the 2021 Overwatch League season, I personally, I think the biggest surprises are, um, inter-regional, um, tournaments mm-hmm. that, um, have, that aren't on LAN, um, that are going uh, via Hawaii. That was a big surprise. I think some of the teams, uh, specifically going to the, to the, um, Eastern region uh, are a little bit surprising, right? Um, sure. LA Valiant being a big one. I think Fusion and NYXL less so for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of it. I mean, we don't, like you said, we don't know about Hero Pools yet. We don't know about um, some of those more like uh, specific format decisions, but sounds like those So are here's coming. one that might polarize or split the room let's say um the 16 regular season games um is either a good or a bad thing i guess depending on who you ask obviously speaking to coaches in the past yiska's obviously brought up the point that you know less games means more impact but more time to prepare which you know has some pros and cons um, more games means more stress, less time to practice, less impact in terms of each individual game. You know, depends on who you ask on on what they prefer. But the fans in general feel like they're the most split. Is less games better? Depends on, you know, how it's handled, I suppose. Um, first, before I kind of like throw my get on my soapbox. Um, how do you guys feel? Yeska, how do you feel about 16 games in the regular season? Is this a good thing, bad thing, or are you indifferent? Sorry. So I feel like first off, the idea that we're playing a full on league mm-hmm. is probably slowly fading because yep. much more than a league, I feel like we're playing a tournament circuit now and depending on how how tournament wins are going to be rewarded more and mm-hmm. more importance is going towards the, the tournaments i think 16 regular season games especially in contrast to the 40 that uh, individual teams had in season one of course we have to consider that we had to fill the same amount of airtime with less teams so of course they would have to play no more but an equivalent would probably be the 28 games that we had in season two. And now to now down to 16 is a major change and will also is mean that, something to us. Is that just seeding games that so doesn't include the actual yes. tournament games yeah, or that's playoffs? Just, yes. Minimum. Yes. But okay. keep in mind, you have four qualification games per tournament. We have four tournaments, so 16. And how many weeks is that but, over? Uh, it's over four weeks, I'm pretty sure. Or three, one of three. Is it three weeks per seating? One week for tournament? One week for buyers? It it looks like here, it's two two weeks of seating, one week of tournament, one week buy. Okay, could be the case, and maybe each team has two games uh, a week. uh, That's just according to the like the infographic on the thing where they have little notches. Um, Mm -hmm. So we we are still getting one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, 
looks like 13 to 14 um, weeks of Overwatch League over 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 weeks of mm-hmm. um so we're getting 14 over 20 weeks mm-hmm. just we're, we're we're napkin mathing here a little bit mm-hmm. um but yeah so sorry continue you're, you're right. kind of talking about the, some of the yeah, the, I, the game numbers and math and stuff and then that's that's just the the regular season matches i will say i'm a fan because i think the maybe the um the viewership fatigue was something that also arrived. I'm not sure if that viewership fatigue was as intense as it was in fans of just one team that would just watch that one team uh, mm-hmm. participate. Now, what will be a substantial part, which is sort of like the premise of the article I wrote, and I'll because I didn't make that point, I'll roll it up like uh, in a different way, how this very change like this format change and the fact that we're playing internationally and the fact that not everyone qualifies, but only likely eight teams, three from uh, Asia, five from NA, changes the uh, your season structure strategy or should or could rather could significantly. Meaning this is probably the most potent rule change in terms of the incentive structure created in order to facilitate a second wave of signings. Okay, why do I say that? So you have six, 16 regular season matches. Sad. Now, let's think, okay, if we assume eight teams per play, uh, tournament playoff, five NA, uh, three Asia, then that probably comes down to a quarterfinal, a semifinal, and a final. So if you're the San Francisco Shock and you're dominating once again, you're having three games over that weekend on top of that, right? So keep count. These are three games a tournament. We have four tournaments, so that's 12 games in total, correct? Now add the season playoffs to it. Okay? So the season playoffs will very likely be more than three games. Probably four or five, depending on if you'd have to go through the lower bracket. Right. So now we had 16 or 17 games of just playoff play that you have to qualify for. Newsflash, not everyone will even get a single pl- uh, playoff game under their belt with a system if we assume that not every team qualifies. Just say Toronto. <laughs> just say it. So, so our resident number cruncher, Eric, helped me figure out on average how many teams that would be so first we looked at the numbers from last season my mind was broken dude and i i don't want to take too much away from from the article okay here's the deal if you really enjoyed that fact please click on the article but (laughs) you know which team would have made zero playoffs last season if we had the same qualification uh outline the Valiant, I guess. The Valiant would have been in, in a couple. Okay. Houston. So Houston would have been in zero. There's, I think, in total, there's six teams or seven teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm giving. I'll. I'll only give you the imp- surprising one. Gladiators would have made zero. Uh, 
tournaments. Okay, that is still somehow believable, but definitely shapes the season differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, soul, soul. They so, finished like 10 and 10 and right? Or like 11 and uh, 11? Yeah. Like they Very were negative in their... They were below 0.5 without their bonus wins over the season. And they would have not made a single uh, tournament had they not gone uh, automatically invited. Keep in mind, that's the same soul that got into the main melee finals and got into the season playoff finals. Would have not happened had they not been invited to the season. Just frame that season in a completely different way. There's exactly one man standing on that team, and it's probably Profit. Everything else is blown up to pieces. If that do doesn't happen, I, I think so. Anyway, because like that's an underperformance beyond. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course, you can say like I'm not saying like the soul wouldn't have reacted towards worse performances and not making blah blah blah. True. Things would have turned out differently. But just that fact completely blows my mind. So, okay. So now that our mind was blown from the last season and we've improved things a little bit in terms of like now requiring four games instead of th the qualification that we had in, in, in a couple of these tournaments with only three, which by the way also allowed Vancouver to lock into one based on an easy schedule. But dude, we re-ran the numbers using the ELO rankings that I sort of like try to come up with also adding like a meta volatility factor because it's totally possible that a bad team hits a good meta then you have to set a threshold how much they improve and if they would be able to strike up significantly and get into the top five or top three in their respective regions and factoring all of this in factoring the parity that we've talked about so extensively that is happening between teams on average is still about six teams that will not see playoffs and not see tournaments six teams Almost Good. a third of the league will not see play. And three teams last... Uh, the, the, uh, on the extrapolation, like... Okay, th here's where my ELO ratings, you can definitely question that. But the Fusion, the Shock, and the, um, the Shanghai are likely the only ones making it every time. Now, the, the thing is with that, you can definitely question the Fusion. I think really? you can question so, the fusion in terms of making it every single time next season, but I will say okay. um, if, if there is three teams, whatever, like it could, it could also just be Spark or whatever, I don't know. But if there's three teams that will consistently make it every single time and six teams that will make it zero times, you will see these top three teams, the exact amount, probably, approximately, as the bottom th uh, six teams. The top three teams will play the same amount of games as the bottom six teams. Because they are playing double, twice as many matches, right? Like, right around. Of course, not all of them will, yeah, will get always it. get to the semifinals and mm -hmm. always get to the finals yep. and whatnot. They will have some... Le but, like, you understand, like, what the difference in this. Now, also factor in, it's not like the regular season matches are the more exciting ones. They are not. The tournaments are the most more exciting ones, right? So you want to be in those tournaments because viewership is high and everything is higher. So, depending on your current situation, because, and I think that this is also where I would like John's um, expertise on that, because you're decreasing your viewership time so significantly based on uh, being a bad team, 
that you cannot afford to in some situations. And it might, for instance, let's take the, the, um, the Defiant. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Defiant are consistently the sixth best team in North America. They sure. finish sixth every 12. single time. Choose a different one. <laughs> right. But they could be consistently the fifth or the fourth or the third best team in North America okay. with I'll, one higher. Here's not less. <laughs> with one higher of, for instance, Libero and Rascal. Okay. Does that salary not pay for itself just by being able to have the outreach during those tournaments, the airtime, the here's the camera on my logo type of stuff in future negotiations in terms of uh, the or like potential bonuses that there might be in sponsorship deals and, and whatnot. Is that not a realistic situation where like hitting a th- certain threshold where you expected value of getting into every single tournament, flying to Hawaii and doing potentially content there. We don't know if that that's going to be exciting at all because global pandemic, hello, but that that is more exciting or more money for your organization than like not recruiting that player? In theory, yes. Right? Like mm-hmm. that's the the really easy, straightforward answer is that um sponsors sponsor one of two things, local teams or winning teams, right? Um local is kind of a factor here, but definitely not as big of one as I think the original plan for overwatch league was. And that's a whole different conversation to talk about local sponsors and how much they're worth versus uh, global sponsors like a, a Netgear or an HBO or showtime, whatever it was, uh, mm-hmm. those types of global sponsors. However, uh, it does weigh the fact on how much that branding is worth on the physical games played itself versus the social media and content created around the franchise with those um those branding standards and i honestly believe that the the balance is not so much on the game side as it is on the content and social side mm-hmm. and because of that I don't think that playing more games actually nets. I mean, it's, it's, it's good for sponsors overall, probably, but I don't think it nets as much as you would expect it would versus a a team that's not playing for now two weeks and it's creating content during that time. Um, and, and, and creating that shoulder content and that value for brands. Otherwise, as long as they're not doing what the defiant are going to do and go, Oh, and, 16 and not see anything right like that's 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 the drastic side of things is nobody wants to watch good content on bad teams for the most part Mm -hmm. um so you there has to be something there um but i don't know i don't think um it it may not be as big of a i it it isn't necessarily just a more screen time equals more dollars amount more screen time during the league play is more dollar amounts would you say that it correlates, but we just don't know how much, or just not much at all? Depends on the viewership numbers, um, okay. which is, I think, another thing here. Now, I, I, like sure. the the new format is, very, I think, much more sponsorship friendly mm-hmm. uh, because you have less games with more 
screen so so the each team is going to get more average screen time which means that sponsors are going to get more average screen time mm-hmm. um and so uh compared to the overall time of the season if that makes sense um so that there is that if you're if you're looking at it from a pure like sponsor level you gain uh, more screen time for your sponsorship um and you also uh likely gain more viewers in the sense that um viewership fatigue should be less of a thing um the one factor we don't have is will less games cause viewers to care less or my 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 gut is that it'll make them care more um because a it's easier to watch and follow Mm -hmm. um and b um it's like way less daunting to catch up so Mm -hmm. um yeah quick follow-up on that now if you're a brand obviously it depends on like how the deals are run um is is this a weird because there's a a lower amount of regular season games is this a weird um, position for brands and sponsors to kind of be put in because now they either have to choose between the regular season which is kind of you know meh nobody really watches it or the tournaments what everybody's watching it is kind of a mini playoffs is that put them in a weird position at all because these regular season games are a little shorter are you gonna do you kind of foresee um sponsors that may have been on the fence kind of be being pushed out or are they you know being forced to double down and invest more into these tournaments uh, so, I mean, there like, technically there are no regular season games, right? There's sure, the seeding tournaments, tournaments. And, and so you're just talking about the seeding into the tournament matches and right. not the actual yes. tournament matches themselves and end of season playoffs. Right. Does, I don't know if there's, put... I don't know if there's any, um, restrictions on sponsor or any new types of sponsor for playoff mm-hmm. weekends or tournament weekends versus seeding weekends. Well, okay. Let me, let me rephrase the question then. Um, would you rather... If you had to choose, where would you want to put your 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 kind of sponsorship money? Would you rather that on the tournament weekends, or would you rather that on just the regular season events? I mean, the tournament weekends, absolutely. Right. Uh, depending on the prices, right? Because it's it's not sure. about the value that you get, uh, or it's not about how much you. It's about the value that you get. And mm-hmm. so, if I get, let's say, two thirds of the viewership on a seating weekend versus a tournament weekend, but I only have to pay 30 percent it actually might be better even though i'm getting less i'm getting more for less sure um uh so it's it's not as like as like an overall straight output value of like what's going to be the most twitter followers sure sponsoring on this weekend or this weekend it's going to be the one with the most viewership sure um but when you spend twice as much for that it's not quite as like uh black and white Hundred percent. So you don't you don't kind of foresee any kind of struggling that the, the 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 Overwatch League front office might have in terms of selling you know broadcast deals because of the season's shortness this this time around. Well, I, mean, feel I think like you. So I mean, shortness is one thing. Like uh, mm-hmm. selling broadcast deals for the shortness, I. It's it's going to adjust the cost, right? Okay. And now if they're coming at you with twenty eight game numbers for. 16 um actual games played then sure you know they're like hey it's gonna be a million bucks when you do your internal auditing and it should only be five hundred fifty thousand dollars. yeah they're gonna have a real problem but uh, assuming that there's not unrealistic 
um, expectations expectations and selling right. going on saying like the value of overwatch league is the same or even higher um than last year um they might be able to there's so many unknowns though that could actually make sponsorship value worth sure. more in a shorter format mm. than a longer one uh we talked about them viewership fatigue how do people view the overwatch league format and do you want to be sponsoring that did people didn't like on the whole uh just regular season no stakes type stuff that's why we're not going to a regular season again with various stages or everything like that because a big part and i think pandemic plays into it but i also think it's just the superior uh competitive model mm -hmm. so you can make the argument be like hey less less fluff more direct competition is going to feed more viewership is going to feed a higher cost um i think that the the seating games are going to be less impactful than the overwatch league is currently planning for i think they already planned them to be less impactful but i can totally see uh this feeling like two weeks off of overwatch league or three weeks off of overwatch league and one week on um and you you go back and you watch one or two of your favorite team matches or a really close good one on the for vod sure. um which isn't a bad thing and it's probably more akin to regular sports and that just kind of comes down to your viewership your long-term viewership goal for the league right do you want do you want and are you creating a league with the expectation that everybody is going to watch every game if they are this is still the wrong format um if the expectation is we want people to fall in love with the team or the teams and we want people to enjoy the competition that we that we provide and we want to be able to extend those formats out we want to be able to make it consistent for you know nearly 50% of the year this is i think a much better format for that but mm. there's it's if the goal is just pure you know viewership and hype this still isn't the best format um i think two i guess one thing that that kind of ties the, both your points together at least one of the three lines was this idea of viewership fatigue um and obviously i've been pretty outspoken about this but is is this the year that the overwatch league has to ramp up its content creation and really get it right nope uh yes, over overwatch two season inaugural overwatch two okay. season is the year that they have to ramp up uh content and get it right uh mm. this there's there's aspects of this season for me that i almost kind of feel like is a holdover season and i feel really bad mm. saying that and i, I think mean, it's it's it a little bit skeptical be, yeah. it, sure. it it sugs that it is but to a degree it's also forgivable because we're still not like today i read like a um a couple of okay i don't want to sp spread Definitely educate yourself on that. But I let, read a couple of sources from um, national institutes in South Africa and New Zealand saying that uh, the new muta mutations of COVID-19 have a um, property about them where it could be that the efficacy of our uh, vaccines is significantly lower significantly meaning approximated 80 percent and of course like once again do your own research on that so we don't know like we haven't beaten this thing yet right like 
we don't know when it's when it's feasible to congregate in gigantic stadiums again and sit next to each other, right? We mm -hmm. just don't. So, um, I think therefore it needs to be flexible towards like, uh, and the expectations need to be adjusted to that reality. Hence Hawaii, which is a dope idea. And if they get to do more in Hawaii, then that's also nice. Um, but generally speaking, because of the situation with Overwatch 2, and because of the situation with, um, um, with COVID, we're once again in a situation where fourth season's in, we will once again be in a holdover season where we still can't really do what the purpose of the league was in the first place, which is bringing esports locally. Right? Sure. I, I, I think that the vision at least has to change, but I, I guess I'm a little surprised that the, 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 the feeling about the content creation isn't a little bit more pointed. Um, Yes, so 100%, like, you, you can only do, or you're, you're limited, let's say, on what kind of content you can create. Um, and I agree that, you know, if, if there was ever a season to get it right, it would be the Overwatch 2 season. But to kind of help bridge the gap, help stem the bleeding, would you both say that there needs to be a, a plan set in place so that when Overwatch 2 comes out, that we can kind of reap the seeds that we sow this season at all? Do, do you feel like there needs to be more of an investment here? Obviously when you, you know, the season to get it right is Overwatch 2. I, I think most people would agree with that if the, you know, strike while the iron is hot type of deal. But would you like to see them experiment with things, try different things, spend investment dollars into, fig, you know, trying to figure out what's, you know, Overwatch 2 season looks like? Or, or I think what would you yes. have them do this season? I think yes, but I think Activision uh, views this very different than Blizzard. And this is getting kind of really ethereal okay. and very like, um, I don't know, like this is, this is, I'm starting to make some assumptions and, and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, no, like I don't have any ins insider information on this, but the way that I kind of see it, and I'm sure you will, will correct me, um, is... Activision would might be looking at this and say, stop the bleeding as best you can until you come out with a thing. Um, sure. I think Blizzard, the people at Blizzard, the developers that we know and love, are, and, and um, the, you know, the people who are still there, I think that there's a little bit more of like the, let's take a risk. We're definitely doing, it's not like Overwatch League Season 1 or Overwatch League 2 Season 1 isn't going to happen. It has to, right? It's not just going to be like, you know what, we're going to suspend the overwatch league at least i hope not um and and so now is the time to like really put some stress on the infrastructure itself what it can do um what we can do to develop that um and and and, and you know a little bit more of like that risk-taking mentality mm -hmm. um I think that the issue with that is is very is much more on the monetary sponsorship um, financial side than it is on the fan side. And unfortunately, um, I think that uh, I don't necessarily believe that Activision is wholeheartedly in on the fan side of uh, this equation in this specific scenario. Mm. Jessica, any points? Um, sorry, that like I'll, I'm uh, 
kindly be uh, talked to in, in DMs. Can you repeat the question? Uh, any any further points on in terms of content creation for the season? Is this oh. the season they experiment? Do you right. think that yes. they just? I think so. Up? I I think it, this is also the season where they uh, have opened the the doors a little bit more for creatives to be part of it. Okay. I think it's no coincidence that we're seeing like these screenshot leaks in terms of, um, you know, the 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 team speak or whatever with like Sleepy and like, uh, I don't know, like just Overwatch content creators, sure, uh, t- collaborating there. Avast, I think, was also on there if I recall correctly. I think they're um, like in the interview um, with us. The Spectre said that they realize they have some really talented casters uh, and talent that they want to utilize and um, also have recognized that it's worth leaning a little bit more into the humorous content. Um, It's also a type of humor that doesn't really probably cause any issues with sponsors or whatever. It's like not edgy. It's just a little weird and like fun. Fun loving, right? So that's 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 probably prime um, sponsorship content in terms of like mm-hmm. how you could sell that. So yeah, I think um, the the guide angle is interesting, um, but it's certainly one thing that stuck with me that um, Spectre told us is they have realized that they have to adapt content towards the platform they're on, and to believe that. You can just copy paste whatever you did on the other platform onto the uh, YouTube platform and succeed was, in hindsight, probably erroneous. So now they're trying, like they're looking at the analytics of what, whatever um, with with their partner YouTube, and trying to create the content that fans very apparently crave. So. I think that's already uh, off to a good start. Like we're getting the player personality sort of explored by them explaining the game. I think that's just a double whammy in terms of like providing value, getting people into the esport because they want to improve in the game. Who can teach you to improve more than anyone else? Probably professionals in this in the scene. And then if you can pr- promote their personalities as well, that's just like if if that does numbers, that's a net positive for everyone, right? No, hundred percent. I think. In general, you're starting to see that start to roll out. Um, obviously, like you said, getting a lot of like, oh, play this hero like Striker and play this hero like, you know, this person. Um, starting to roll out on YouTube quite a lot, um, which is which is fine. I, I think it's kind of the min not the minimum, but I, I don't know. I, I think this season in general, I'd like to see a little bit more experimentation in terms of what can set the Overwatch League apart. I don't think we can, can just continue to be the half-hearted, jokey faces on sticks, you know, hey, hey, look, I dressed up today. I have a wig on. I don't know if that's it. I don't know if we can just be that and, and yeah. be considered a tier one eSport. Well, what else can we Maybe. do? I guess I, kind of not, not only rhetorical, but also kind of posing this to you two. What would you like them to do? Obviously, it's it's a hard question to ask, but... Is there anything that you like? Oh, I wish you know Overwatch would do this. I like them to keep this thing alive by sure, yes, within ethical limits and bounds, without overstepping any moral um, lines, and 
while it's not my favorite framing of that type of content, okay. it is one of the best ones uh, and one of, of the ones that I also enjoy. I, I personally like I I didn't think I would have a good time watching bad teams play each other until I uh, had like frequently watched and listened to Sideshow and Brandcast, who were one of the only ones who I didn't have in mute land um, over the season in terms of the casters. So um, I, I'd, I'd lie if I say I wasn't also a fan of that. So I don't know. Like I've, I've, I feel like um, while, while we're not getting my first draft pick in terms of like content framing strategies, A, it has to be workable and B, it has to be within certain guidelines. And we're not leaning into any sort of drama doing like, you know, like the TMZ type of stuff or like opening up to the WWE or anything like this to an overt degree where it's not really about the competition as much as about the story. So as long as that is all a given and we're staying organic, I really don't care that much about the tome. I, if, if that helps the league to grow and stay alive until further uh, notice of Overwatch 2 or any other developments, um, uh, that's, that's super nice. John? Yeah, I think I mean it's it's really tough because I I think that there's a, fundam a fundamental game issue. Um mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. really that is why Overwatch and Overwatch League has remained a tier 2 esport. It's not that it hasn't had the right personalities, it's not that it hasn't had um the right investment. Um like all of that had, stuff has been completely satisfactory and you know i remember the days um you know where overwatch league was one of the most popular streamed um uh, games it was you know in the top five consistently sure. and um for whatever reasons that we won't go into right now uh, that is not the overwatch that we have today um and i don't know that there's any level of strategy and logistics that polishes a turd like that um, and, and so I think that there is a fundamental game problem that if it's not addressed, all you're doing is optimizing a suboptimal product at the end of the day mm -hmm. and no game's perfect. And I don't, I'm not put pointing oh, sure. fi fingers. Like I don't have like a solution. It's not like, Oh, buff Lucio games fixed. You know, right, like there's yeah, just yeah. some things where, you know, the, the game concept itself just may not be quote unquote good enough to be a tier one esport. That's um ah. not necessarily the the goal. And I don't I don't believe that. I love Overwatch and I think that conceptually I don't understand why this isn't the biggest game in the world. Uh for so many reasons. But um it's there's I, I don't I but I, I don't like it's it's really easy to sit down and, and like take it out on like content strategy or um yeah uh, humor or production or whatever else. I think that what you what something that I think John Spector realizes and is trying to do really well is not taking an idea of Overwatch League and trying to put it over the pieces that he already has. Uh, mm -hmm. I think instead he's looking at the pieces he has. You have Brennan Sideshow. Uh, you have Uber. You have these phenomenal, phenomenal um, uh, personalities 
in in our space that nobody else has and I think are completely unique and un, relatively unmatched and you they almost become the forefront product of uh, of Overwatch League and they've done a lot of those things with Plat mm-hmm. Chat with uh, the content that they create and um, I, I think that that is doing the best you can with what you have and then now it's on the actual Overwatch League and and Overwatch game teams to actually create a game that is you know sustainable um, as, as an esport. How do you make it exciting and fun and and deep and rich and you know we haven't seen that yet um, to to the full level that I think we want to. Where how do we get it so that somebody like Yiska is entertained, enjoyed, and having a lot of fun, while somebody like Katie is also entertained. Mm. enjoying it and having a lot of fun okay one specific question for you then john obviously we're we're going a little long here but it, it's a very interesting kind of topic to kind of think about um with in terms of kind of creating monetization products for these two individuals something for katie that she can kind of not necessarily invest into but can some can subscribe to and get the content that she's looking for and somebody like Yiska to get the content he's looking for like an NFL red zone, whatever, you know, you want to call it. Is that something that you could see your foresee overwatch doing in the relatively near future? I don't think it's about teaching the game. Well, it's not, not teaching the game, but you're creating, um, again, hypothetical products that you can buy into, whether it's the all access pass or more interviews with players, you know, something like a casual package and an, an expert package or an in-depth package that you can kind of buy, not only helping the league, with with monetization but giving these two you know very different individuals in terms of what they want what they're looking for is that something you could see or is that cooked paywalling uh paywalling content for casuals is bad Mm -hmm. okay uh like just kind of generally across the board free to play is here to stay it's it's a thing Dude. I could totally <sighs> see making Yiska pay more for something that he loves. That's sure. called, you know, ex- exploiting a, a, a passionate audience. It happens all the time. <sighs> Under Dude. a pro guys, Overwatch League pro viewer. Oh my God, Yiska would pay for 12. Um, but, you know, but yeah, we talked about it already, like this one episode, right? Where we said we all have hundreds of dollars of subscription services piling up. And, no, like, no, that was just you. I think John was like saying that he, you also have a couple of subscriptions, right? Running. Like, I mean, I have a lot of subscriptions. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't have any esports sub- subscription. Just give me some good stuff to invest in, and like, d- dude, like, are those separate? Are those separate barrels for you? They're not separate well, barrels for me. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, a subscription is a, a, a entertainment subscription is an entertainment subscription, whether yes. it's in the esports barrel. Or the Netflix yes. barrel. Or what else. I'm saying is, how is there nothing bottled up to the point where I feel like I'm getting value? Probably there are products where you could do that. Everyone would just cry their eyes out if it was behind a paywall. Uh, yeah, esports like. has been been indoctrinated so far that everything's free. That if the second you put a price tag on something, I think Command Center was fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was fine. I think I think they Something I definitely paid. For, I think but. they undercharged and underdelivered, <laughs> which is really hard to do. Um, there's especially the first go around. I see. Yeah, you like there's. Where was my maps? You know, again, you get 
imagine getting all those overhead views or those player views or those player views now in VOD form. Yep. Like, come on, that's that's something that would be super valuable, not only to aspiring pro players, to content creators, everybody else. In fact, you know what? Don't even do that. Put it in the game. Let me go back into the Overwatch League game, take any view I want, and boom, done. Um, you know, like that type of stuff is, I think, a really great way to monetize the league outside of the game itself. Mm. Um, I just don't think that. Yeah, Yiska, do you watch baseball? You don't. No, I don't. Do you understand why a home run is exciting, though? Yes. And not that you're a, a special, like for for me, it's like soccer. It's like I. I I get soccer. I understand it vaguely. I don't watch mm-hmm. it, but I'm I'm happy to. I understand and appreciate what a goal is, yeah, and the excitement of it. And I can kind of mm-hmm. get around that. Yeah. The problem I think that the fundamental gameplay problem I think Overwatch has is that there isn't the touchdown goal home run moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the the one that it is is often misleading. It's you know that 4K diva bomb, right, or 6K yeah. diva bomb, yeah. Or, you know, a bunch of simultaneous Widowmaker headshots. Uh, they're they're mm. very rare, few and far between. Um, and and the complexity and the fatigue between those moments is super high. And I think that that's one of the things that why, like, I think hockey is the most exciting oh. sport in the world. I don't think that there's a single more exciting sport in the world than hockey. I think it's the best sport in the world. But there's a lot happening between the goals. Uh, between goals there's a lot going on that people don't understand and there's a lot of setting up and changing why are they dumping in what are all these lines here for there's a lot of that that creates the even though those goals are exciting people will um they'll they'll kind of retreat back to like just watching you know goal compilations on youtube Mm. and uh the problem with overwatch is that those payoff moments are so low especially uh, for, for viewers. And I, and I mean it across the spectrum, those payoff moments are so low for viewers that um, why would I not just go to action esports the next day watch the recap and follow up on that NYXL game and only, yeah. you know, pay, watch the full, you know, things, right. you know, the full matches. I love, I don't like basketball. I think basketball is dumb, but I'll watch the, the grand finals every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is exciting. It's a thing. Yeah. I feel that. I also, think that you just accurately described why you would want the Overwatch League to switch to Lucio Ball, but um, not like... Well, not necessarily. <laughs> I, I think there's something to be said when you compare it to other esports, right? Like, there, there isn't too many other esports that have as many game modes. Yeah. Right? Everything's just I mean, that, one game mode. Yeah. yeah. You have host- I mean, you, you, there's not hostage in this Counter-Strike. Doesn't Call of Duty do, like... Uh, that they that do, I don't know. They do, yeah. yeah don't they, they do. do, like, the okay. bomb plant one? Don't they have, yeah. uh, like, a, I don't know if it's a CTF one, but they have a few different variations mm-hmm. of it. I think at least two or three. Yeah. But people understand kills in that game, and they understand what it... Like, because the mechanical aspect is so heavy, right? They it's easier to appreciate, well, I feel like. Even though it's, it's also not a perfect esports. And it's repetitive sure. between every single viewpoint. You don't go from a Zarya right. to yep. a Mercy to a, a, uh, a, a Mercy a to Winston to a yeah. yeah. Like and, and yeah. all of a sudden you have twenty eight different things to learn. That being yep. said, League of Legends does that fine. There's still those payoff moments. 
Um, yes. And and it, and that one's kind of the weird one now. And, and I'm not a mobile watcher at all. Like I understand mm-hmm. the fundamentals of it. I try to watch worlds when it's in the time zone kind of thing, right. just because I feel dumb around you guys. And, but, but like the payoff moments are at least there. The excitement is there around a, a player kill. Um, or a big tower defend or whatever else, some whatever other things are sure. setting there. There's there's enough there that it has become wide enoughly or wide enough appreciated. Um and, and it has those payoff moments, even though I don't know what every character does. Sure, you don't need to. I, you don't, just like I how you don't need to know the past. Like, and hockey, splash right? kill him or heal him. Like yeah. I don't I don't know. Um it's I don't know. It's just I think that that is Overwatch's really big deal is those payoff moments are too few and far between missed too often to no fault of the observers or the production team. And then we yeah. follow up on them too late. It's that's what I didn't understand. I don't know if you ca- guys caught up on the great coaching debates with nope. I think there were some good uh, points made to elevate explanation was that um like the commentators and the the observers, like the broadcast would be better if they had more advanced game knowledge, and that the uh, coaches felt that Jake is by far and away the best caster because of his game knowledge. That said, I'm not sure if Jake is the best at creating, not outside his casting ability. I don't know if uh, sharing that information is the best way to create excitement. And I don't think you solve the problem that John pointed out of an inherent ability to create hype um, in those moments. I think, honestly, we're we're going to have to resort to um, outside of game hype management in order to explain to people why a moment was incredible. And I, I look at the desk. I, I I'm gonna hijack this point. I look at the desk. I think they're completely under resourced. I think that's exactly where you need to, you know, focus the, yeah. the argument and the anger is on this desk. I don't think it's the cat, ha- at least half. I think everybody would be at least most agreeable that at least half the casters, that's not their job to teach people or, or yeah. explain what just happened. Right. Sure. You can talk about the color and what they need to do. And sure, that could be better. hundred percent. I, I can't really argue that, but that feels so much more pointed towards the desk. And it feels just like another kind of holdover piece of content that hasn't really necessarily been thought out and again it's not at least i i believe it's not necessarily on the people who are on the desk it's it doesn't feel like it's guided or has any kind of vision which goes to john's point which is an overall game problem it stems from the the ground up yeah but i I think like yes that that issue isn't fixed i think that it is maybe on uh on the disc to do that more i don't know if there is much to improve in terms of observing. I think there's some something to improve towards camera work, and I feel like there was also clearly... Co- uh, I, like my, Keep in mind, I'm recalling this, but if you want to sure. know for sure, I know the quote was uh, in our article uh, about the changes with uh, John Spector, is that they're going to incorporate more player camps when they right. can. And awesome. I think... If you if the gameplay can't show you that just something incredible happened, then at faces. least the faces of the player can. And someone should legitimately be monitoring these faces and capturing the emotions of these players to in order to 
tra uh, translates the excitement because i can tell you and that's a point we we discussed i think like one and a half years ago now nah, but was less when was like uh, a year ago where there was the atlantic showdown at uh, the tech tv studios and i uh, we were there and i distinctly remember during goats that Rhines would get fat shatters. The entire crowd go, would go nuts because it felt like an impactful play. Then a blue shoe would beat, which would save everyone completely shattered. And then the fight would continue. Now, it's a double debate. Why? Because they think the, the, the um, shatter is really impactful. It isn't. But of course, because you had to beat, down the line, that shatter was actually impactful, just in a delayed manner, because now the beat has to, had to be used right. in order to um, circumvent that when you don't want to use beat necessarily in that situation. So it was a good moment. It was just delayed. It was not transparent that it was. Everyone will have forgotten by the time that uh, the, the key moment uh, comes around that this shatter actually decided the fight. And everyone just feels constantly jabated and like um, outside of the emotional impact of what uh, the, the play mm -hmm. signalizes. Because I feel like certain abilities in this game do actually gold score oh, very sure. well. And Shatter is one of them. Yeah. Right? Um, I think Bomb does it. I think um, mostly I think ultimates, bomb. I would say. Most, yeah, killing, I mean, yeah, yeah, most killing ultimates with the ability to kill a lot of people in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Very high level um, uh, like like high like immediately register I think on that level. Um, whereas like I think healing ultimates register the least. Oh, for um, sure. Like you know, Lucio beat a Zenyatta alt, um, a Mercy. Well, I mean, there isn't even a huge Mercy alt anymore. You know, it used to be like the big you know five big res, res right. And even then, I feel like that was kind of like a goal scoring moment where if you got like a huge res, I think the crowd would you know reflect that very very positively. Um, and, and I don't think it's a bad thing that we have those those very passive ultimates, because, again, the hope mm -hmm. is that the desk takes that and explains why during the halftime breakdown during the post game and explains why oh this was actually the key moment, you know, X, Y, Z happened, you know, I think that's that that is too much delayed gratification. Um, I think the time and to, to get people to get there and understand and care before they've already moved on mm -hmm. uh, is too high. Um, and that's, it's a solution that I don't have. Like, I don't have a better solution outside of like pause time, right? rewind, get the perfect angles, cut them in the perfect way and change what the caster says, which you obviously can't really do. Um, nope. and so if, if you, and, and like, I, I had a thought while you were talking about how it kind of reminds me of chess in a little way. Like what's one of the most exciting things that happens in chess besides like taking a piece or checkmate? Um, check. Like a queen. Uh, yeah, the check like, or like losing a big piece. Losing yeah, a sure. big piece uh, is a big one. And, and, and that, that honestly probably fits the metaphor even better. Uh, but losing the big piece when you don't understand, you know, you haven't played chess a lot, so you don't understand that this is actually an essential move and that the person who just uh, took the big piece is actually setting themselves up to lose. 
it's those types of things that you know you don't really get from chess right and mm. um or that that you get, happen in chess and it's why it's really hard for like somebody casual like me over the the past couple uh months i've been playing chess with my sister-in-law a ton and, and we've like watched videos on it and we watch uh twitch uh streams about it because it's you know it's kind of an in and kind of an in thing but when you're first watching chess right you don't fully understand the impact of moves because there is very rarely instant gratification moves and those instant gratification moves are often not what they seem like mm-hmm. a reinhardt shatter um into a lucio beat it's you know a, a queen taking a rook right and that's if three moons later your queen's gone but people don't see that in the moment and people aren't able to relay the knowledge back to that happened because of this play earlier mm-hmm. and i don't have a solution for it so which- and i mean Go ahead. I'll go ahead and finish. Which is why I think like games like Rocket League or whatever are so like the, the exact opposite, right? Where it's like, yeah. it's a goal. It's an amazing block. Very easy to understand. I don't easy. need to know much. I'm going to yell into my microphone now. Yeah. Yeah. Big pop. Yeah. That kind of thing. So with, with that kind of comparison to chess, do we then just have to deal with the bones that we're given with the, you know, this is our game. This is what it is. Do we try to change it? Do we try to fight against like the notion that everything has to be instant gratification or we do we I I hate the way that this is going to come across, but I kind of have to say it, you know, if if chess is like this, you know, hyper tactical, like gentleman's game, like, is that what Overwatch is in this case where it's just like, okay, this is what we have. This is what it is. Let's just accept that and move on and create content to kind of bridge the gap as best we can. But we're not going to fix it. And we kind of have to be okay with that. Is, Is that kind of where we're at? Here's the problem. Every meta changes who the queen is. Mm-hmm. Right? Like every like, meta, we, we don't have really this metaphor. I love it. <laughs> like <laughs> I think in GOATs, if your Zarya died, it was pretty much over most sure. of the time. Sure. I think Zarya had the highest um first death into losing team fight ratio. And that <sighs> probably um would constitute what the queen is. Yeah. Every other meta has completely different heroes on completely different roles. Hundred percent. I I but I guess my big problem with this before we go too deep down is that there are other games that find success and for a number of different reasons. Um, with that being a constant, where things change, roles change. You know, the queen in this instance changes. Why are we that much different? Is there is there a I, successful I tier one esport that has the yeah. complexity um and game issues that Overwatch has and is still successful? The closest ones I can think of are MOBAs. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, to be fair, Overwatch has many a times been compared to an FPS MOBA, right? And yeah. I don't think that that's necessarily a, a wrong generalization to make um you know it would overwatch be more successful if it came first and mobas came out in 2016 and then you know we already have all this knowledge from overwatch and we're all excited about it and mobas don't really catch on and sit in tier you know tier two like i don't have an answer to that 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Obviously, think, it's, it's tough. Yeah, I, th- I think a large part what MOBA has over us is the free-to-play nature. Therefore, the l- much higher amount of uh, viewers um, or players that trickle then down to viewers. As the league, uh, as the scene ages, more and more people become interested that actually stick around, become interested in looking who the best players are in order to, you know, look, like throw... 2,000, 3,000 hours at just playing away, even though I, I'm sure that happens as well. Mm. Like, our funnel is probably a, bit, a little bit worse in, um, than League, even though League definitely also is not great at converting active players into esports viewers. They just sure. have so many. Yeah. Um, but the, our bottleneck is also... Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, so... Players to viewers, yes, that we don't have as many players. Um, And that's locked behind the the reason we are locked behind, or that's determined by the play we are under. It's also determined that it probably requires a better PC than um, than, um, most MOBAs do. Um, And the growth rate, we will have to see if we can get that starting up again. I agree that. I don't know, like, maybe I'm super done in Krogot, but I often feel like, especially in Hero Pool weeks, I generally understood Worlds fights more than I did understand Overwatch fights. And that should make sense because there's, like, I've watched way more Overwatch in my life than League of Legends. Sure. And to be fair, anybody who didn't catch that, I think he's mentioning League of Legends Worlds team fights, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, if I watch it during Worlds, like I sure I watched all the um, like got myself into the, the content again in order to appreciate it, learned what the new items are. Definitely also had a couple of uh, hundred hours in the game ten years ago or so. So it's I wasn't a stranger to it, but I don't know. I I never feel confused to the point I felt initially confused, for instance, by how the wind conditions unfold in the Roadhog comp until I literally sat down for two or three hours with a coach who could reliably, or several coaches actually, who could explain to me what the routing is, what the generally accepted wind conditions are, and how Mm -hmm. that composition is played. Like, sure, you can sort of get it, but like it's yeah, I don't know, like, it, maybe it's the perspective as well, where it's like in League it's more formulaic, because you always have an AD carry to some degree, um, you always have, like, a support to some degree, like, our roles are fairly fixed in what they do. You're also and then, playing on the same map. I mean, granted it, that changes every once in a while, but it's the yeah. same game mode, right? And then I, I, I feel like, yes, we also have rollout now, but it's not necessarily that the power levels are on the same hero even though there's definitely like a lot of complexity in league and like understanding who scales better and whatnot so that Mm -hmm. like knowing who's ahead in a specific game is not that uh clear cut but they also have and that's what i'm also excited for hopefully ibm can help us with that um better statistics in order to show how a game is developing and the pace allows for it as well it will be vastly easier to i'm um, super i'm super skeptical on that yeah, it's like I've seen how they've tried to apply it to sports, anyways. Right, uh, like this was a twelve percent probability chance. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh, 
Okay. Cool catch. I think it's That's like an edible. Cool catch. Yeah. All you had to say was think, cool catch. You can throw it out there for the fans. You know, if they find it interesting, they, you know, I, I'm very to John's level of skepticism. I, I'm for a game that is so inconsistent for a game that has so many different variables. I really wonder exactly how they're going to kind of break this down. If they can kudos to them. Yeah. Great, great to have you. Happy to happy to have the the metrics, but I I think what do you do? I, I think don't know. something too is is um the the optimal like the player experience is playing with very limited information essentially essentially that they only can see what they can see in first person, sure, right? First. And we usually take first person views in Overwatch League, except for setups, some team fights. The over the shoulder third person views are also almost just as unsatisfying, if not more so unsatisfying, because you can't really tell who's aiming where, what's hitting, what's not. Was that a headshot? Was that a body shot? So, like, you just have two very imperfect views, um, with with even what's transpiring. Um, one doesn't let you see the setup of the pieces on the board. You know, imagine only seeing a chess board from the, the view of the queen, right? Yeah. Like it's, no. there's, there's a lot that's wrong with that. But at the same time, now imagine that you, you know, you have the view of the chess board, but you can't like, and this, this happens to an extent, like you can't tell what the player is thinking before they move the pieces, you aren't looking through the different lines that they're going through over their head. And I think that, that would be mm -hmm. something that would make, you know, chess really cool. And obviously there's probably not a way to do that anytime soon. Um, there's, you know, and th there's things that they can do to make it more fun. Uh, Derek in chat, you know, mentions like fantasy overwatch. That's a yes. great way, especially cool. to get people invested in games that they otherwise don't care about. I'm a yep. Minnesota Vikings fan. I watch every Minnesota Vikings game. I don't watch any other game. Wait, my starting quarterback plays for Dallas. Well, now I'm watching the Dallas game. Well, yep. now I'm watching this game. So like fantasy, yep. I think is one of the greatest, uh, the greatest ideas as far as getting like fan engagement in there. Um, but that's, I think that's optimizing watch time. I don't know that that's necessarily mm -hmm. building a fan building. base. Sure. Um, and I don't necessarily know that that is, you know, solving any of overwatch leagues, systemic issues and Overwatch's systemic issues. And mm -hmm. I hope overwatch two has some of those solutions. I just don't know how, like it's all this to say is like, we're talking about a game that we really love and that we, we've yeah. been talking about for 158 episodes on this show. I did a hundred episodes of a different show prior prior to that, and then a hundred episodes of a different show prior to that. So I'm over three hundred and fifty episodes now that I've talked about Overwatch League or Overwatch or Overwatch League. Like we obviously love Overwatch and we want it to succeed. Um but it's a really challenging it's a really challenging time to like be uh, not even be excited about it, but like there was so many times last season where I just didn't care. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's and that's where I go back to that chess analogy where it's like, okay, we have inherent flaws, we have inherent problems. Chess is very not for the modern age, right? But it's okay. 
it doesn't matter because they've they've created an you know if we're going to use your terminology for this like an optimized product around what many concern or consider you know a very boring game and with with chess they they found things that make people interested it is interesting to see kind of like the the things play out they they have optimized it so are we at a point where we kind of need to optimize right now and hope that the game fixes itself in the future or the dev the devs find a way to you know tinker it to make it work i think that's kind of where i'm at how do you guys feel about that like is this do we kind of work do do we need to kind of really go under the hood and make fundamental changes once again or do we just need to accept the way that it is and try to figure it out as as vague in general as that just came across i don't know if there's a singular right answer sure of course there's also like there's definitely an aspect of like those aren't mutually exclusive strategies um i i just i I don't know. I think that we're going to see. We don't, we don't work for the overwatch league team. Happy to give any feedback where I can, but like, I don't know. There's a lot of information that needs to be said and done. I think that if there is one thing that I have seen in the past where games that shouldn't have succeeded have, it's Mm -hmm. less often the game that makes it successful and more often the players. Um, and, and to a lesser extent, uh, the, the casters and personalities, um, around it, like look at what XQC did for chess, like, like chess already kind of was getting a little niche following, but then boom, XQC played it. And now a lot of people are playing chess. Chess streamer is a thing now. Um, and it, what it, I, there's probably somebody else. Somebody's going to go like, Oh, somebody was doing it before XQC and blah, blah. You just, you know, take it for it was, you know, whatever, like XQC did a lot of that. Look at Fortnite. I think Fortnite was a game and would have succeeded, um, no matter what. But if you didn't have players like Ninja and Tim, the Tatman and courage, sure. JD early T-Few. in on that yeah. TFU, yeah. you didn't have those people. What is that game then? Yes probably still a successful game. Now the the issue is is who are our XQCs, our TFUs, our ninjas? I think Sideshow and Bren. Uh Uber to a lesser extent. Um sure. Sinatra, oops. Um yeah. XQC, oops. Seagull, oops. Sure, oops. And, and again, I think it's, you know, we're going to get retirements. It happens. I think to your point, it always comes back to to this this game being a little uh, wonky and we don't have enough to bridge that gap so that it's worth people investing their time in. So it's the game. I feel like the game's always going to have issues, but we're also not doing anything on top of those issues to kind of like, hey, we're, we're throwing out these new heroes. Hey, we're doing all this content. Hey, you could be here. You could be there, you know, and we're in a obviously like yeah. we're just in a game doldrum because Overwatch 2 comes out so we're not getting balance patches we're not getting new heroes we're not really getting but we got a a, a Japanese letter for lore cool yep. um we're getting kind of uh rehashed events every yep. couple months with you know a couple dozen new skins and only you know three or four of them are originals and the other ones are re- are like recolors of the same skins um it's That's why it feels like it needs to happen now. It needs to happen sooner rather than later. This content, you know, we, we need an injection now. Obviously, Overwatch 2 is coming, but I, I really wonder 
if there's going to be a, a fan base for it if we don't start today. I don't think that there's. I see. I'm on. The, I'm on the opposite side. If I was going to make a guess, I would say that there is nothing that they can do right now to ruin an Overwatch two launch, short of extremes. Like sure, yeah. Um, but there's there's nothing that can be done. That's uh, players are going to come back no matter what. Uh, the question is, how good is that product there? Uh, yep. The question is, is how do we keep people as engaged as, as possible to keep the revenue yep. flowing <laughs> uh, between then and now? And yep. um, yours is like, I want to see more experimentation and more whatever. I think for me, or not even for me, but I think that the strategy they're going with is just, mm. you know, tie it up, Cut stop all the cost bleeding, until, put it in a tourniquet, yeah. like see you next year kind of thing. And... Um, yeah, both. I think Hope you don't bleed out. Both, both Best have, <laughs> both have their merits. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. I yeah, I just like, I don't think that they that they're able to right now keep the attention on the game for long enough. And that's one quick quip towards you, John. Um, are you worried at all about a delay? Uh, of Overwatch Two or. Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends. Like, I feel like we're already in delay, <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, I assume that we're not seeing it in 2021 or if we are, it's like an, like a November, December yeah, and quarter four, or maybe even early 2022, right? Like something around there. Yeah, I would hope, I, I would hope first half 2022, um, or not hope, but that's what I expect. Yeah. Um, which is really weird because we got. Overwatch 2 announced how long ago? Mm. And that part doesn't make sense to me a whole lot. Like, why? I think I, you hit the nail on the head. I think we're, we've been in delay. I, I think that's why they haven't said anything. I don't know how they turned around and built Overwatch 1 in a matter of six months. And then, you know, now they're taking five The hope is that they're, years, four years? they're taking the feedback to heart and saying, look, it can't just be story mode. It needs to be something more. It needs to be a, a complete overhaul uh, across the board. Uh, that's the hope. We'll, we'll have to see. Again, we have BlizzCon Online coming next month. Clear schedule. So I don't know. Maybe we'll do something around it. I just we'll we'll talk later, but I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out. Kamirowski, that's when it was announced, but obviously it was worked on far longer Prior. than that before that yeah. they had something to present at blizzcon so i get what you're saying just it's it's different they've been working on yeah, it for I'm i would say presumably sure. three years then from yeah from from now if it was one year and two months ago i would assume that they were probably working on it for close to you know a year and ten i have to look but i'm pretty sure they're on record saying that they were definitely working on it beforehand and that was the reason why things were being slow to begin with um but yeah it's yeah. been forever Hero loadouts is something. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. I can't wait to uh, see what Overwatch 2 has in store. We got to get out of here, though. Uh, yep. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out today. Uh, we definitely kind of went off the rails a little bit at the end. I uh, hope you didn't mind. Uh, we're still in offseason. We will have plenty of time to talk about these rosters and these players and these uh, Overwatch League news things. Uh, big thank you to our new YouTube members, Chris R 3444 Quiznos, Grow Roots, Pork Shock. Sammy, who's a significant croucher, 
And Adam L., uh, thanks so much for supporting uh, the show here on YouTube now. Uh, appreciate you a ton. If you like the show and want to support it, a great way to do that is on YouTube. Uh, you can sign up and be a member for as little as $2 a month. Another great place to go is to go to uh, uh, Patreon, where you can be a patron and um, get the same perks as you do uh, as a member. And a big thank you to our patron producers, Refine Bean, Ferdino Pin, Battle Crab Lotion, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kasha67, Shara Picasso, Nathan Your Misery, Hunter Tane, Fabled Steven, Roger B. Owen, Chris R34444, Horbjorn, I listen to this podcast, we'll sound the toilet in the shower thinking of Yiska, Peace Camper, Anxiety Pokemon, Sir Girthalot, Bronzebot, Boohow, Evan, and Alex S. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash tactical crouch, youtube.com slash tactical crouch. You can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod, uh, Twitch, and Twitter. And I'm doing more YouTube stuff. Um, so I've actually got a, I, I wrote a script and I'm going to be recording it over the weekend um, about uh, streaming microphones. So I'm kind of excited about having. Uh, yeah, I saw today. your your yes. little paragraph on, on Twitter. I was like, this My, not only is, is correct, but it's also strangely wise and could be applied to many different things. My so. analogy. Yeah. All done. My RDJ analogies. So that's going to be a fun. Uh, pork chop, Sammy. Uh, did I say you already? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm still getting used to seeing where all the subs and stuff come in. Uh, but thanks again for being a, a significant croucher. Uh, Yiska, shouts for the week. Where do people have uh, find you and all that stuff? Um, check out my article on GG Recon about the thing. Uh, some of the things that we discussed. I make a couple of more points, what the implications are and... Um, what the incentives are um, in a possibly framed, like more palatable way. Maybe, maybe even if you don't like rating, maybe you will like that. Check it out. Um, otherwise, um, I'm working on a piece. I think it's a topic that's been long overdue. I think we have a vacuum of things to trust in in this scene, uh, in terms of sources of information terms of the quality of character of the thing people that we are fans of um and the the developer that signals certain things to us but maybe we are also overinterpreting but and also certain certain people also definitely benefit off of not being called out on their stuff like i i, I rem remember like based on the report that we did that the season was delayed a lot of people going on twitter and saying oh yeah this is the confirmation that overwatch 2 is coming because the season is delayed and sort of like cloud chasing that based on that you think i'm going to have that story not out there if the implication was that clear you think i'm so stupid that i would be wasting that fat content a bunch like if the implication of the season being late actually meant Overwatch 2 is coming out. Yes. You're cloud chasing like midgets. Like it's it's unreal. Like please. At least I didn't use the tweet the T word. Um yeah, right. <laughs> uh cool. Uh what about you, Joe? What's going on? Uh the usual stuff rambling on on the old gg recon you can follow that if you want um probably start power rankings at least this season or this weekend um start writing notes and and hopefully that'll be out sometime soon don't know where that's going but we'll figure it out um 
big shout out to the Overwatch League doing their like little uh, VOD review with a pro. I think it could be a little yep. bit more guided and, and cut down. But I think that's, again, seeds to be planted and cultivated for the future. Um, and, you know, shout out to the School of Life. I've, I've been quite enjoying their content. So if you're looking for some mentally stimulating uh, philosophical stuff, check them out. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for us, chat. Thanks for hanging out again. I uh, really appreciate you all. Uh, thanks to everyone for supporting the show, supporting the transition to YouTube as well. So many of you have kind of tuned in um, to see us on YouTube. Um, had a ton of fun. I uh, really enjoyed uh, discussing and debating with you all in chat as well. Uh, always a fun, good time. We respect your opinions. Uh, have a great one. We will see you next week for another Tactical Crouch, and we'll probably be announcing our next game night because we need to do that. So... Uh, talk to you guys soon. Bye.